If you listen closely, you can hear Ryan Seacrest warming up his vocal cords. That's right, 2019 is coming to a close, and believe it or not, 2020 is happening. It's a thing. And so I thought it might be interesting to do the attention collection version of a year in review. So the show is based around two things. One, that your normal, everyday, average life is anything but. And two, that we don't become ourselves by ourselves. That we have other people and other inputs to thank for our formation. So I thought perhaps it would be interesting to close out with the last episode of the year dedicated to the things that had a hand in shaping me this year, the things that had a hand in my formation, the music, the film, the books, the podcasts, all of that stuff. And I share it because I want to put it on your radar as well. It's stuff that I think you might benefit from, that you might enjoy, that might move, inspire, challenge, stretch, whatever it might be. So if this is interesting to you, stick around. 2019 Attention Collection. What if I told you that your life right now is worth noticing? This is the Attention Collection. I'm Anthony Garcia. So why don't we begin our 2019 collection with music? Now, to be honest, I didn't spend as much time with music this year as I normally do. And it was kind of always in the background, and there were some important moments with music, but it wasn't as central as normal. And yet, there were some artists, there were some albums, and there were some songs that were absolutely essential to this year. Uh, The first of which is a band called Bird Talker, based out of Nashville. And someone attempted to tell me about this band more than a year ago. Um, they, they were singing the band's praises, and they said, you have to check them out. And I'll be honest, I stalled on it. I didn't immediately jump on it. And then I came across this song called One off of their album, One. And you need to check it out. All this stuff will be in the show notes and available to find, but I'll just read the chorus of this song. It says, burn the scorecards, Balance out the scales. We are one wind distracted by our different sails. Underneath what's detectable with eyes, every particle's vibrating with the same life. I don't even need to say any more than that. I mean, if the chorus didn't sell you, maybe just skip it. But it is fantastic. And all of the songs on that album are worth your time. So, Bird Talker, check them out. Second is a Michigan-based artist that you've probably heard of, Mike Posner. Whether you like him or you don't like him, I came to this album because of the story behind it. He was embarking on a walk across America, something like 2,500-mile walk. And um, he just randomly was dropping songs along the way, putting them on YouTube and making them accessible online, and then he finally released an entire mixtape. And one of the songs on there is featuring a rapper called Logic, and it's called Fun Up Here. 
And it is. The song itself is just fun. It's light. It's airy. It's kind of a celebration of coming into your own, of being yourself. And anyhow, just check it out. It's, it's worth your time. And as I said at the start, I didn't carve out as much time for music this year, but one thing that was a staple for me, you know, when I was writing, reading, studying, working, whatever it was, just having people over for dinner, just being at home and relaxing, there was music that I seemed to always gravitate towards. It's called chill hop or lo-fi hip-hop, and it's something that I came to far too late, but something that I absolutely love. I've always been a fan of hip-hop from day one. Hip-hop and R&B is my childhood. It's that simple. And so this is instrumental music with beats and it's synth and it's um, there's kind of this airy ambiance to it. Sometimes you'll get little clips from old films and it's perfect to study to. It's perfect when you want something in the background, but you don't want to be distracted. And lastly, there's an album that I just came across at the end of the year. In fact, within the last few weeks or so, but I think it deserves an honorable mention. For the story alone, let alone the fact that the music is so beautiful. It's called The Cone Concert from Keith Jarrett. And it's from 1975 and it's still the number one jazz solo album of all time. The number one piano album of all time. And it's beautiful. But the story behind it is so much more fascinating. It actually deserves its own attention collection episode, and maybe that will happen in the future. But it's an album that almost didn't happen. A 17-year-old girl in Germany is putting on a concert, lands Keith Jarrett, who is this rising star, 29 years old, amazing musician. He asks for a certain piano. She promises it, but the concert hall does not come through. They give him a much smaller piano that's not quite in tune. The sustain pedal sticks. It's just a nightmare. He walks away. She pleads and prods, gets him to come back. And due to the limitations of what the piano was capable of, he had to play it in a different way. And what he was able to play, the the notes and the tones that he gets out of this piano. And then the, the cool thing is you can hear him throughout the performance surprising himself with what he's doing because it's improvisational and it's fantastic. Check it out. That's my music collection for 2019. And now on to film. I love movies. I love the art form. I love going to the movies. The whole experience. The packed out theater full of strangers. The popcorn. The smells. The responses to the plot. Whether it be scares or laughs or someone being so beside themselves. So captivated by what's happening on screen that they actually respond out loud. I love the whole thing. And I didn't get out to many films this year, but the films that I did see moved me in a profound way. Take It Part 2, for instance. I know. On the surface, it's a creepy movie about a shape-shifting demon clown who terrorizes a small town, and every 25 years he comes back to eat more kids 
It's kind of ridiculous. But it's not really about that at all. You know, this film and the book that it's based on is about what happens when we try to run away from our childhood demons and how we so often bury our past deep in our subconscious. But the truth is, we never really escape it until we face it head on. And this film, especially part two, is about the power of love and friendship. And for me, as the film ended and the credits were rolling, as people were leaving the theater, I just kind of wanted to sit there and take it all in. I wasn't ready because I was still processing the layers of that film. It's a monster story. It's a horror story. But really, it's a human story. I loved it. Another film that had an unexpected impact on me was Peanut Butter Falcon. And here's the premise. A young man, Zach, runs away from his care home to pursue his dream of becoming a professional wrestler, as you do. And Tyler runs away from his job to escape a rival he screwed over. The two men collide and adventure ensues. It's like a modern-day Mark Twain story, is how I think it's best described. It's grimy and sweaty and entirely human. And I love that the character Zach, who runs away from his care home, is played by Zachary Gottsagen, who's a man with Down syndrome, and yet it isn't the focal point of the film. It's not treated as a disability or something to feel sad or sympathetic about. It's a story about breaking out. It's about what happens when you don't give up on people. It's about forging friendships, even unexpected friendships, and that how those chance encounters can change the trajectory of your entire life. It was great. And lastly, I've always been someone who's fascinated by the process of filmmaking. I love the behind-the-scenes stuff, the director's commentary. I listen to interviews with film writers. I just have always been interested in that. And there's this series right now on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us. And one of the episodes is a deep dive in the making of Home Alone. And it tells kind of all these backstory things that a lot of people don't know. For instance... The movie was canceled while in production. The studio just totally backed out, and another studio had to come to the rescue. The day people found out they were losing their jobs is the same day someone else came in and said, nope, actually, keep doing what you're doing. We're still a go. Or that the scenes that take place in the house, all of the gags and the pranks that Kevin is pulling on the burglars, weren't actually filmed in a house. They were filmed in a swimming pool in the same high school that Ferris Bueller and Uncle Buck were filmed in. And so they made, they knew they were going to have this scene where the basement is flooded. And so they used a swimming pool. They built the soundstage right in this high school. I, I love that kind of stuff because it tells you that. Stuff that you love, things that you cherish, didn't just drop out of the sky. That someone had to sweat and toil over them and that there's hiccups and there's bumps along the way. So why should we expect anything that we want to work on or that we want to build to just go smoothly? It gives us all permission to take a deep breath and keep going. And that's the 2019 Film Collection. Books. I can't tell you how important books are to me. 
but I took a different approach to reading this year. I intentionally slowed down. It wasn't about quantity. It wasn't about getting from one book to another because I like to read a lot in a given year. But it was about taking the time to slow down, to take notes. I actually had notebooks alongside the books I was reading and I was jotting down thoughts as I read. And that in and of itself was an amazing practice this past year. So I want to give a couple of the books that I loved And it's by no means an exhaustive list, but these are the ones that stand out the most to me. A book I read toward the beginning of the year is a book called The Art of Possibility from Rosamond and Benjamin Zander. Rosamond is a therapist and Benjamin is the conductor of the Boston Philharmonic. And they co-wrote this book really about creativity But it's about more than just creative output, like artistic output or expression. And it's actually about how to bring creativity to your everyday life. And I'll read a quote from the book that is just one of about a thousand that I saved. Attention is like light and air and water. Shine attention on obstacles and problems and they multiply lavishly. And isn't that the truth? The more we pay attention to the struggles and to the problems, they seem to just pop up everywhere. But the opposite must also be true. The more we shine the light of our attention on the good things, on the helpful people, on the kindnesses that we encounter in a given day, those things seem to multiply as well. And then, as kind of a companion to the book that came out many years later, Rosamond wrote a book by herself called Pathways to Possibility. And it's kind of like the workbook for the art of possibility. It takes it to a deeper level. It's much more personal. While the art of possibility goes into your working life and into your other endeavors, this one kind of really hones in on the personal. And here's a quote from that book. It's a problem for all of us. We are not trained to think of ourselves as governed by stories made up by younger iterations of ourselves, frozen in time. And isn't that true? We don't often stop to think that some of the ways that we view the world were created at a younger, more immature, more naive version of ourselves, that we are actually free at any time to grow up and change our outlook of ourselves and of other people. We can actually grow up emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and see the world differently. But it's a training process, and it doesn't just come by itself. So I would read both of these books side by side, beginning with The Art of Possibility. And if you're not someone who likes to read, per se, but you would listen to an audiobook, this is actually one of the better audiobooks to listen to. They did a great job producing it. There's featured music from the Boston Philharmonic, and both of the authors swap the roles reading the book, and they did a great job doing it. So I highly recommend. Next, I didn't read much fiction this year, but one of the books that stands out is Elevation from Stephen King. Now, I talked about Stephen King's work with It a little bit earlier in the film section, but this book kind of deviates from what he's known for, the horror and the thrills and the chills. It's actually quite a departure, but it's worth your time. 
In fact, it won't take you nearly as much time as a normal Stephen King book takes. It's a novella. It's not an actual full length. It could have been a short story within another collection of short stories, but it's sold on its own. And here's the premise. Although Scott Carey doesn't look any different, he's been steadily losing weight. And there are a couple other odd things too. He weighs the same in his clothes and out of them, no matter how heavy they are. And Scott doesn't want to be poked and prodded. He mostly just wants someone else to know. And he trusts Dr. Bob Ellis. And this is where the book jumps off and it goes in fascinating directions. And it's really a book about acceptance and tolerance in a world of division. It's almost like the world we live in currently. But I digress. Check the book out. And lastly, this could have been a long list, but the book that was single-handedly the most impactful book I read this year came out of nowhere. I was walking through my library's used book sale, and I bumped into this copy of a book called The Zen Commandments. And I don't know why, but the title was interesting to me. So I picked it up and I looked at the cover, and that too was intriguing. And so I put it under my arm with a collection of already about eight or nine books. And I finished up and checked out at about 15 books, less than a dollar a piece. And later that night, I was sitting next to this stack of books and I decided to give one of them a chance. And my eyes fell again on the Zen commandments. And so I picked it up and decided, I'm going to read the introduction and see what this thing is all about. And honestly, about midway into the introduction, I knew this book was going to blow my mind. I knew it was exactly what I needed to be reading in this moment, in this season of my life. And so I started in. And about an hour later, I came up for air. I'd already underlined a thousand passages in the book. I'd already clutched my forehead at the profundity of it all. And that sounds like hyperbolic statements, but it's actually how I felt. Now, I can't guarantee that you'll have the same experience. Your mileage may vary, but contact your physician and then go ahead and give it a shot. I want to read a passage from the book that is one of many that I keep coming back to. On our journey through life, we think of, say, stopping for gas or going to the bathroom as time out from the main event, from our real activities. We think of the time we spend walking down the corridor from Office A to Office B as intermission, dead time, mere connective tissue. But there is no intermission. The show never stops. Every moment is the only moment. Every moment is the only moment. That is exactly what this show is all about. And I keep coming back to this book. And I know in 2020, I'm going to read it at least two times. And that is the 2019 book collection. So let's come to a close, rounding things out with where we spend the bulk of our time online. So let's talk about the collection of influences I found on the web and in social media this year that I think are actually helpful. There's so 
much noise and clutter, but there are some beautiful things that always make their way through the cracks. And here's just a handful of them for you to check out. One is the website SwissMiss.com, and I'll put the link in the show notes below. It's from Tina Roth Eisenberg. She's a designer, a business owner, an entrepreneur, a speaker, and it's basically a blog rolling on of things that have influenced her, things that have inspired her, things that have stopped and made her think. This could be quotes. This could be artwork, this could be products, it's just all of the good things, and she's curating inspiration and putting it on her website daily. And who couldn't use just a little bit more of the good stuff in our lives? Next is an Instagram account from Nathan W. Pyle, and it's based on his comic series, Strange Planet, that started as this Instagram account, but became such a phenomenon that now it's actually a book that you can buy, something that you can actually hold in your hands, if you can imagine. And Strange Planet is looking at life on Earth through the eyes of these quirky blue little alien creatures. And you see life from a different perspective. And it's funny, it's ridiculous, it's profound, and it's beautiful. It's all of those things. And it makes me laugh and makes me smile every time I scroll down and find another one of these comics. So if you aren't already following Nathan, you should definitely do so. And speaking of Instagram accounts, you should follow Nicholas Smith. He's an artist, an illustrator, and he primarily focuses on people of color. And what I love so much about this account is that when you look at these images, it's pure celebration, it's exuberance, it's joy, and they come across in every single one of these images. And so while we're scrolling through our Instagram feeds and while we're bumping up against people's curated expressions of the good life, when you come across just pure joy, it stops you. And it makes you lean in a little bit. So you should definitely put him into your collection this next year. Um, There's a handful of podcasts I would recommend. And we'll put all that in the show notes. But lastly, as we close out this episode and as we close out this year, I need to say thanks to some people. Number one, I want to thank my wife, Tanya, for being in my corner for everything. And this podcast is no exception. You know, when I told you I was going to be taking time out of our already busy lives to make this show a reality, you were supportive from day one. From before the first episode was even recorded, you were its biggest champion, and that remains the case, and I couldn't do this without you, so thank you so much. And to Tim Beeler, my Attention Collection co-conspirator and collaborator, it's been a true partnership. And I look forward to the next year. You don't hear his voice in these podcasts, but I promise you his influence is there. And he is the driving force behind our social media accounts and everything that we do online. So thank you so much, man. I look forward to what the future holds. And to you, you who has carved out moments of your time to listen to this podcast, to take a chance on this podcast. Thank you. You know, speaking of formation, the practice of making this show has been one of the most formative things of 2019 for me. It has helped me to 
crystallized my thinking. It has helped me to figure out what I really believe about the world around me, what I really believe about humanity and our potential and our capacity. And so it's been an encouragement just in the act of creating, and I hope it's been an encouragement to you in the listening. And I hope you'll show up again next year. We've got big plans, and I hope you'll be a part. Please take the time to join us on social media if you haven't already, because this show is not meant to be a monologue. It truly is meant to be a conversation. So I would love to know, what were the things in 2019 that moved you, that shaped you, that helped to be a part of your formation? Because as we've said, we don't become ourselves by ourselves. And the truth is that our lives are worth noticing. It's all in the art of paying attention. I'll see you next year. Hey, before you go, I need to ask you a favor. If you enjoyed this podcast in 2019, will you share it with some people? Will you take two minutes and leave a review on Apple Podcasts? Believe it or not, that actually makes a big difference in people finding the show who haven't already heard about it. And I would love, if you're not already, to connect with you on our social media accounts. Because like we said, we want this to be a conversation. We want this to be an interaction. We want to know what it is that you are finding in your everyday lives. So thanks again, and I'll look forward to seeing you soon.